Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. All right, I am so excited. We are going to be talking about grace, love, and truth. Grace, love, and truth. So I'm super excited. Who wants to see through God's grace? Oh my gosh. Imagine if we had some grace goggles. Who wants to speak from God's love? I do. I have a mouth on me. And yes, I believe that it's a weakness and a strength all together. It is something that I am going to, till we get to heaven, I believe it's something I may struggle with and, you know, conquer and not conquer some days. So I want to speak love. Anybody else want to speak love? Speak love over this world. Speak love over this generation. Speak love over your relationships. Speak love over your kids. Speak love over your finances. Speak love, right? Anybody else want to speak some love? And continually seek first God's truth. We got to seek first God's truth. So on Sunday morning, I was praying. Yeah, I'm praying. Your girl prays. Actually, I'm drying my hair. I'm praying for service. I'm praying for a pastor. And my heart has been breaking with all the news that's going on to see a young generation get caught up in what's going on. And and I'm like, God, how can I help? How can I be the answer? You know, like we're all searching, you know, what is it that, you know, we're going to help? And I'm praying, literally blow drying my hair, and God gives me a picture. I see a picture, and I think that I'm a super visual person. I can see things, and I, I just, it's just how I've been since a kid. Like if I wanted a pair of shoes, like I saw the shoes, I saw me in the shoes, I was going to buy those shoes. I didn't care how long it would take me, like I would get those shoes. Because we grew up in the ghetto. We grew up with, I mean, whatever's ghetto to you, sorry, I don't know, but like I considered ghetto, right? When you got your stuff from the neighbor's yard sale, when you got, like that was new, like you went school shop through the neighborhood, you know, that's what, how we was growing up. So I was like, I'm going to have these shoes and I would save money. So I'm just saying, anyways, I'm very picture. I'm very visionary. So God speaks to me in pictures and he gave me this cool picture. I'm praying and I see this picture and it's a silhouette of a person. And have you ever seen a, like a black sensor, like bleep, you know, well, it was bleep. So there was a sensor bleep over this this like silhouette eyes, there was a sensor bleep over the silhouette's mouth, and there was a sensor bleep over the silhouette's like heart. And God showed me that if we could see through grace, speak from love, and if we could have his truth written on our heart, we could change the world. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know? It was so awesome. We need to see the world through God's grace. We need to see all the chaos that is going on through God's grace. We need to see ourselves through God's grace. We need to see our children through God's grace. We need to speak from love. And we need to seek first and continually God's truth and have that written on our heart. And that is what we're going to be talking about. That's what we're going to be talking about because how are we going to be the change? We all want change, right? All of us. But we can't change the world alone. We need Jesus. 
We need Jesus, we need his grace, and we need his love. So how many of you guys want some change? How many of you guys want to make change? How many of you guys want to be the change, right? Change is a process. It's not an event. If you want to write that down, yeah, uh uh-huh. Let me say it again for those in the back. Yeah, change. There we go. Woo, we got some praise hands going in the back. Say it again. Say it again. Change is a process. It's not an event. We want a huge, drastic change, right? We want to eat a salad. I say this all the time because it's my greatest desire, right? (laughs) We want to eat one salad and have a six-pack. But how do, come on, amen, sister. But that is not how it works. Consistency is key. Consistency equals a compound effect. Ta-da! Right? Consistency is key. So change is a process. It's not an event. If we want to make change, we've got to be changed. Change starts in our hearts. Change starts in our homes. All right? Philippians 3, 12 through 14. It's not that I have already reached the goal or have already completed the course, but I run I run to win that which Jesus Christ has already won for me. We're in this life, okay? It's a journey, right? It's a process, right? It's a road. We're taking. And what are we doing? We're running to fail. Nope. We're running to trip. Nope. We're running to win. And how can we say that we're running to win? Because Jesus already won. Jesus already had the victory, and that's how we can run to win, right? Brothers and sisters, I can't consider myself a winner yet. This is what I do. I don't look back. How many of y'all ready to not look back? How many of you guys ready to stop looking to the past and let's start making progress looking forward, right? We don't look back. I lengthen my stride. I love that. I lengthen my stride. Why? Because this is a journey. This is a long process. And we're not going to be lengthening our strive. We're not striving with one another. We're striding with Jesus. We're striding with his call. We're striding, right, with his vision. We're striding with his giftings. We're striding with his grace. We're going to be striding with his love. We're going to be striding with his passion for the world, right? We're going to stride. I lengthen my stride, and I run straight towards the goal to win the prize that God's heavenly call offers in Christ Jesus. It's offering you. It's offering you a setup. It's offering you a win. Do you want to win? Who wants to win? I want to win. I'm in it to win it. And what am I in? I'm in it to win the world. I'm in it to win one for the one, right? I'm in it to win it. And how are we going to do this? With Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus, grace, love, truth. Let's go. Yes. I don't look back. I strengthened my stride. Here we go. 15. Whoever is mature, whoever has mature faith should think this way. How are they thinking? that this is a journey that Christ has already won. If you're mature, you realize that this is a journey, right? When you're immature and you can't, you can't even see an hour in front of you. You know, kids, when they're hungry and they need a snack, ah, 
lot. Like they're starving and like, I just fed you. Okay, so I just had Lily, Olivia, and I love them. They're my little nieces over, right? They're spending the night and this is the best time of my life, okay? But one night, <laughs> then they go home. And I'm literally making eggs, avocado, waffle, like throwing down, auntie's making this. And Olivia's eating and then she's like, auntie, can I have a snack? I'm like, finish the food on your plate. <laughs> Moms, I, I'm just like shocked. Like she's, she's finishing breakfast and she's already wanting a snack, okay? But that's how we get sometimes. God's putting something before us. And we're like, God, can I already have that? God, should I already have that by now? God, can I? And God's like, can you finish your avocado? Can you finish the fiber on your plate? And we're over here like, I want a snack. I want chips. God, I want chips. God, I want prosperity. I don't want to work on grace and love, God. <laughs> have, has any of us been there? Just, just me. Anybody? Can I get a witness? Come on. All right. All right. When whoever has a mature faith should think this way, that this is a journey that Christ has already won for us. And if you think differently, God will show you how to think. However, we should be guided by what we have already learned so far. So that is important why we get to church, right? You, if you don't use it, you lose it. We need to be using the information. So you come to church, you're listening to the podcast, you're listening to the YouTube. Why? So that you can grow, so that you can mature, so that you can get beyond just living and you can start winning. Anybody wanted to win? Yes. All right. So it's so important that we forget the past. We press on. We push forward. Keep advancing. In what? What are we pressing on to? What are we reaching for? To Jesus. We look to Jesus. We look to Jesus. And that is so important why we look at the new covenant. We look at the New Testament. We watch what Jesus did. We see how Jesus talked. We walk, we, he says greater works will you and I do. How will we know if we don't even know the works he did? If we don't even know the works he did, he's over there preaching, teaching, healing, raising people from the dead. And I, I, I'm like, oh my gosh. Jesus was over there. People who were the greatest teachers, scholars of their time. And Jesus is over there. What is he doing? He's not arguing. He's not fighting. He's not protesting. What is he doing? He's asking them questions. They're over there coming at him, mob mentality. Jesus, what would you do? What would Jesus do? What does he do? He scribbles in the sand. He asks them, y'all done yet? Oh, we need to look to Jesus because Jesus is bomb. Jesus is like, he's our champion. He's our guide. He's our go-to, right? Well, let's start striding with Jesus and start stop striving with others. You already start striding with Jesus and stop striving with others. Let's look to Jesus. Jesus says in John 14, 6, New Living Translation, Jesus told him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know that who you would know who my Father is. For now, from now on, you do not you do know him because you have seen me. So Jesus is over there talking to his disciples and they're like, show us the Father. Like if you show us, then we'll really believe. And he's like, really? You've been with me this long? And Jesus is saying, I only do what the Father tells me to do. If you've seen me, 
You've seen the Father. You want to know what God looks like and God sounds like? Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. You know we've all done that. God, if you just do this, I'll know. I'll know that you're real. And God's over here done miracle after miracle. You alive and well and you still breathing today. God knows how. Only God knows. And you're like, God, if you're real. And God's like, really? You done been with me this long? We've been this tight? And you're saying, if I'm real, you want me to just, you know, make a, a unicorn fly? What? We've all been there. Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Jesus replied, I have been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am. Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is me? And in and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but the Father's who lives in me and does his work through me. Imagine if the world is asking us, can somebody show me the Father? Can somebody show me the Father? And imagine if when we get to a place in our life that people say, I know God's love because I know you and your name. I have felt God's love and experienced God's love because I met you. God lives and dwells inside of us. Who's ready to tap in and be the voice, be the hands, and be the feet? of the Father. Let, that's how we're going to heal the world. That's how we're going to be the change, right? Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is me, or at least believe because of the works that you have seen me done. They've seen Jesus do miracle after miracle. He's like, haven't you been with me long enough? I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I do. I started freaking out when I read this. I started literally freaking out when I read this. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. I'm like, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I believe in you. Like, I'm just ready to start laying hands on somebody. Like, come at me right now. Like, be healed. <laughs> Lay hands on myself. Like, I was so excited when I read that. I'm like, I believe in you, Jesus. I'm ready to do the works that you did. And even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You, you can ask me, Sasha. You can ask me. Matthew, you can ask me, Jesus, you can ask me, Adrian, you can ask me, Nathan, come on, you can ask me, you can ask me, Daniel, you can ask me, Ernesto, you can ask me, say your name, you can ask me anything in my name, ask me anything in my name, and I will do it for you. So the Son can bring glory to the Father, yes, ask me anything in my name, and I'll do it for you. I believe in Jesus. I believe he's doing miracles, signs, and wonders right now. I believe he's moving in a generation, and we are about to flip this world right side up through how grace, love, and truth. Grace, love, and truth. I feel like I was doing that Catholic cross. Grace, love, and truth. Jesus is what? The way. Jesus is the way. He's the highway. He's the journey. He's the direction. He's the avenue. He's the road. He is the truth. 
He is the source of all truth. How are we going to have truth written on our hearts? Because we have Jesus written on our hearts. We have his word written on our hearts, right? He is the life. We have a responsibility to take hold of this new life that Jesus died on the cross for. It all started, it all started for us at the cross. When Jesus rose from the dead, that's when it starts. Jesus says, it is finished. It had just begun, right? It had just begun. We have to choose Jesus. We have to choose to renew our mind. We have to choose a new way of thinking. Are you guys ready for a new way of thinking? Or you want to look to the past? You want to repeat history? Or you want to make history? We're just going to repeat what the generation before did and just worse? Are we going to make history and define new limits, right? We have to choose a new way of thinking. We have to choose to change directions. I'm no longer going to head in that way. If that way was destruction, if that's how my parents did it, and we want to go greater, we need to change directions. The only way that we can change directions is through Jesus because he is the way, right? He is the truth. Change is a process. It's not an event. And we're just waiting for this great event to happen, and then I'll change. You know, if you change, then I'll change. Anybody said that before? You change first, and then I'll change. You expected me to be the big person, and yes, I'm expecting you to be the big person. Just change, right? Grace, love, let's go. Change starts with us. Okay, so at the beginning of this year, and on my vision board right now, I, I felt like this cool thing as unity starts with you. So I put it on my vision board, and I'm like, unity starts with you, Sasha. And it's literally the letter U on my vision board. Unity starts with you. Unity in our leadership, unity in our teams, unity. And I'm just like, unity, unity. And I'm like, wow, God, you were setting me up because literally we need unity right now. You, literally we need to come together. And literally the word unity starts with you. And look at your neighbor and say, it starts with you. It starts with you. Yes. Okay, let's look to Jesus again. John 8, 1. Here we go. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. So what's Jesus doing? He's preaching. He's teaching. He's healing. He's taking every opportunity he can to preach and teach to the people. But early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered. Can you imagine, like, everywhere Jesus went, there goes the people. Why? Because he was speaking truth. So, and he sat down and he taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. We don't even want to imagine, okay? Imagine, we're over here having service. We're over here having service. Pastor's up here preaching. And all of a sudden, the super spiritual, the super religious, none of us, okay, none of us here at Love Life, because we live in our best life, loving God, loving people, loving life. But you don't drag somebody up here, bring them up in the act of something. Imagine they got all their paraphernalia, everything with them, ah! and just throw them right here. Can you imagine? Would, would you want it to be you? No, thank you. I'll pass, right? So they, they bring the woman caught in the act. First of all, how do they know she's in the act? They're so spiritual. They had no business. Never mind. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, 
they said to Jesus, this woman caught in the act of adultery, the law of Moses says, stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and he wrote in the dust with his finger. What was he writing? Everybody's first name? Can you imagine? He was writing your diary stories? (laughs) Just kidding. They kept demanding an answer. That mob mentality. So what does Jesus do? Does he fall for the pressure? He stood up again and said, all right, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you guys want to know how real Pastor Dan is? Pastor Dan is the realist. So a long time ago, I was a teen. Well, not that long ago. (laughs) Actually, a long time ago, I was a teen. And some of us got in some trouble. Someone, if, thank God it wasn't me for the first time, you know, in the office. So it's his old office and the old building and somebody gets in trouble. So we're all in there, okay? Everybody's in there. It's kind of like in a circle. And um, I don't know, Pastor I got this big old boulder behind his desk. So we all sit down and he's like talking about the issue. And then all of a sudden Pastor Ann grabs the boulder and boom. <laughs> He's like, all right, any of you with no sin, throw the first one. I was like, first of all, how did he pick that up? (laughs) He's like, Superman. (laughs) Second of all, where did it come from? (laughs) And I'm about to run out of here because no, (laughs) I'm not throwing nothing at nobody. And it, it literally marked my life. And I was like, I know Jesus because I know Pastor Dan. Like, he literally makes the Bible come alive if you want it or not. And, and the, the situation got resolved, and it was fine. But I will never forget that for the rest of my life. For the rest of my life, okay? So I can picture Jesus here. He's like, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. So then he stooped down again, and he's, wrote, he's writing in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Remember Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So there's the Father stooping down. There's the Father raising up. There's the Father saying, I don't accuse you. Go and sin no more. Didn't even one of them condemn you? Where's your accuser? She's like, no, Lord. No. And Jesus says, neither do I. Go and sin no more. He said, go and sin no more. We're like, yeah, that's what Jesus is telling me. Go sin no more. And Jesus is saying, learn from this. Jesus is saying, learn from this. Seriously, he's like a dad, like a papa, like a father that's saying, please learn from this situation. It breaks my heart to see you in trouble. It breaks my heart to see you make these mistakes. Please learn from this. Please learn from this, right? Change directions. 
son, change directions, daughter. Change your mindset. Change your way of thinking about this situation. And imagine Jesus saying that to you right now. Imagine the worst thing that you've ever done. That thing that you're carrying shame about, that you're carrying guilt about, that thing that you don't want anybody to ever, never know, ever, not never, ever, no, 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 going down to the grave with you. Imagine Jesus stooping down, looking at you and saying, I don't accuse you. He sees through grace. And we need to start seeing ourselves through grace. And that's how we're going to start changing the direction of our life. That's how we're going to start changing the direction of our bad habits. Why? Through guilt and condemnation? No. Through grace. Through love. Through truth. Right? He's saying, go and sin no more. Learn from this. Change direction. Receive my grace. Grace upon grace upon grace. How many of you guys need grace upon grace upon grace? How many, every day that you wake up, grace upon grace upon grace upon grace, because your girl is crazy. Your girl, like I said, sometimes she's a little mouthy, and I need grace upon grace. Father, forgive me. I take it back. I rewind. Yeah, I say that often to myself. (laughs) Seriously. John 1.16 From his fullness, we have all received what? Grace upon grace. From his fullness, from Christ's fullness, we receive grace upon grace. Jesus and God have a different filter than you, than I. They have a grace filter. They see through grace. They see through grace. They see through the blood of Jesus. They see through the work of the cross. They see you winning. He's, God sees you in your full purpose. God sees you as more than a conqueror. God sees you healed and made whole. God sees you overcoming that situation. God sees you victorious through the blood of Jesus in Christ Jesus. God sees you right now, right where you are. God sees you. What is your filter? Ask your neighbor, what's your filter? Is it a Snapchat filter? Like, is it a mousy mouse filter or a doggy doggy filter or whatever the filter is? You know, now I don't, I haven't even, I don't even open Snapchat. I don't even know what's the filter now. Some crazy filter? Or is it the filter of God's grace that we're seeing through, right? We have to see through grace. Okay, so how you see yourself, this is the crazy part. How you see yourself is how you see others. If you judging, you talking trash, it's because that's how you see yourself. If you can't stand people, maybe you can't stand yourself, right? It's crazy. How you see yourself is how you see others. How you speak about yourself is how you speak about others. This is where we need to wake up. We want change. We want to be changed. Let's change. It starts with us. It starts in our hearts. It starts with our words. The truth you believe about yourself is the truth you believe about others. When you know that you need grace upon grace, you be giving grace out left and right all the time. Love your world changer. It's all good. Next time we're going to make it. Next, any of my Any of this team, anybody from my life group, they're like, oh, Mama Bear. I'm like, I know it's coming when Mama Bear starts the text. And ask them every time, grace upon grace upon grace, wisdom, instruction, a little whoopee whoopee, you know, because why? If I didn't love you, then I wouldn't tell you the truth. 
but grace upon grace because we all need grace, right? The truth you believe about yourself is the truth you believe about others. I believe I'm more than a conqueror. I believe you are more than a conqueror. I believe I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I believe you can do all things through Christ strength through Christ Jesus, right? I believe I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I believe it's my breakout year. I believe it's your breakout year. I believe I'm healed and made whole. I believe you are healed and made whole. Come on, y'all believe in the word? Is that crazy to think about? Like, man, if I'm being super judgy, judgy, if I'm being super negative with my filters, maybe I need to look at me first and stop looking at everybody else. Change starts with us and it starts in our hearts. And God is the only one that can change a hard heart and make it soft. Anybody agree? God is the only one that can make a hard heart soft. How? Grace, love, and truth. The greatest gift that has ever been given to me in my life was grace. I've made some crazy decisions on my own. I've, and the best thing apart, I'm the first person to tell them myself. Like, ain't nobody got to hear from nobody else. I made a mistake. I'm going to run and let you know. I made a mistake. Here it is. But the greatest gifts in my life that are imprinted on my heart that I will remember for the rest of my life was grace. Was grace given. I mean, I say the story often is that I found myself as a teenager in a fight. I got, I was failing a class. Some girl started something with me in the locker room at Westview, so I beat her up. I mean, like, I'm nice, but... Don't cross me. Just saying. <laughs> and sometimes that, that comes, creeps out of me sometimes, but I have to let her know that we are not looking to the past, that I'm a new woman. I am a new creation. But my reflexes is to hit back, okay? So I got in a fight. I'm in school. I'm failing a class. And my parents are done. Like, they're, they're done. Like, we've done everything we can do. We done took all her clothes away. We done cut all of her hair off. We took everything that she owns. She owns nothing. And the girl keeps on. We don't know what to do with her. We cut all, they cut all of my hair off. They cut my hair off, guys. So I slicked it back and bought a chongo. Like, what do you think of me now? They're like, she's the devil. <laughs> so it, it was just at that point. And they brought me to Pastor Dan's office, and they're like, we don't know what to do with her. She's a lost cause. There's no, there's no, there's no turning back. And Pastor Dan, you know what he teaches me? How to get somebody saved. He sh I was, like, shocked. I was literally shocked. I thought that angels lived in Pastor Dan's office. I thought that God came out of heaven and just, like, so when I was back there, I was like, Bleh. and he's just over here like, do you know how to get somebody to save? And I'm like, what? And like, are we going to talk about the list of things my parents just gave you? <laughs> he's like, no. Do you know how to get somebody saved? And I'm like, no, teach me. And I, he taught me how to get somebody saved. He's like, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Next day, I got somebody saved, got the next person saved. We got a school bus at my house. We're bringing the kids to church. It was just like that. And some of those moments in my life, I'm like, I will never forget. Why? Guilt didn't work. Shame didn't work. Condemnation didn't work. But grace works every single time. Grace upon grace upon grace. And we need to start seeing through grace, right? 
So the greatest gift in my life is when I've been shown grace, when I've been shown mercy, and when I've been shown favor. And I want to live a life that shows grace to others. I want to live a life that extends that same grace, that same mercy that was shown to me. I want to show it to others, right? With a grace sensor across my eyes and with a grace, with a love sensor across my mouth and with a truth sensor across my heart. We're not going to just talk change. We're going to be changed, and we're going to start change in our heart. Remember, change is a process, not an event. Stop waiting for an event and start creating one. Start creating one. It all starts in our hearts. Matthew twenty-two thirty-four. 34. When the Philistines heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they're always coming after Jesus. They're always coming after Jesus. When the Philistines heard that he had that that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him. One of them, an expert in religious law. Let me tell you, this would not be my best friend. Would this be your best friend? An expert in the law? I am the law breaker, okay? I am the rule breaker. But actually, you know what? A lot of my besties in life, like my sister and other people, have been the lawmaker, and it actually works out because you balance each other out, okay? I bring a little wild, they bring a little not so wild. <laughs> so, yeah, some consistency in my life, okay? So the Pharisees heard, and they're, they're hearing, they're like, how is Jesus silencing them? So they tried to trap him again with a question. Always trying to be trapped. When you're getting questioned to be trapped, know that that's a religious person. You don't need to waste your time, okay? Just do like Jesus. Teacher, which is the most important commandment of the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. You guys want to know something crazy? How many of you guys know that we are all fulfilling the second commandment? We all love others the way we love ourselves. Automatically. If you love yourself bad, you love others bad. If you love yourself good, you love others good. Seriously, that's the one that comes natural. We just need to work on loving ourselves. The hardest person that you'll ever love in your life is you. Not your wife, not your cranky kids. Are here at Love Life, your awesome best kids in the whole world. Because none of them are named Sasha. <laughs> right? Why? Why? The hardest person in your life that you'll love is you. Why? Because you know you. You live with you. You can't get away from you. <laughs> you are inside your own head. Right? So first grace filter that you need is with you. The first grace filter that you need is with you. It starts with you before you can give the grace filter to others. It starts with you. We want change. It starts with you. It's inward first. If we want to see others like Jesus, then we have to start seeing ourselves the way Jesus sees us. If we want to see others the way Jesus sees, then we need to start seeing ourselves the way Jesus sees us. Okay? We are all doing our very best with what we have. How can we love our enemies? 
You know how I can love my enemies? When I realize, wow, they're doing their very best with what they have. They must not have Jesus or they must not have a lot. If you can have that kind of compassion on somebody, they're doing the very best with what they have. We're all doing, can you say that you're doing the best with what you have? Your parents are doing the best with what they have. You're doing the best with what you have, but it's time for more, right? We can love our enemies, right? They may not have Jesus, but how can I show them Jesus? How can I show them Jesus? How can I show them grace? We need to grow in grace. 2 Peter 3.17, this is the Passion Translation. As for you, divinely loved ones, since you are forewarned of these things. What are you? You're forewarned of these things. Be careful that you are not led astray by the error of the lawless. Don't get caught up in what's going on. Don't be led astray by what the lawless and lose your firm grip on truth. Is that not so relevant for today? You're forewarned of these things. Be careful that you are not led astray by the error of the lawless and lose your firm grip on the truth, but continue to grow and increase in God's grace and intimacy with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May he receive all the glory, both now and to the day of eternity begins. Amen. We can't do this alone, right? We need God's grace. We need to grow in grace. We need to grow in intimacy with Jesus, with God, with the Holy Spirit. We need to grow in grace to see others in grace. Don't get caught up in what's going on. Don't be led astray. Make sure truth is on your heart. In Luke 18, 27, it says, but he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. It's impossible to make change but it's possible with God. I'm trusting God that he's doing what I cannot do. Are you trusting God that he's doing what you cannot do? We have a part to play, but we trust God that he's doing what we cannot do. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he has said to me, my grace is sufficient. If you're going through a hard time right now, if you're struggling in any area, with your health, with your finances, with your relationships, with the chaos that is going on in this world. My grace, God's saying, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most affected in your, in your strengths. Nope. In your weakness, in your weakness, therefore I will all the more gladly boast in my weakness. I don't mind but boasting in my weakness. Why? Because I need Jesus. His grace is sufficient so that the power of Christ may completely unfold me and dwell in me. God works in weakness. Look at your neighbor and say, God works in weakness. God works in weakness. His grace is sufficient, and I draw strength in my weakness because I can't change alone. I need Jesus, right? I can't change a generation alone. I need Jesus. I can't do anything alone. I need Jesus. Do you need Jesus? Yes, we all need Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1.27, this is the Amplified. Your girl, you know, she likes the Amplified. But God has selected for his purpose. For his what? 
for his purpose. The foolish things of the world to shame the wise. That's your girl all the way. God has chosen for his purpose the foolish things of the world. Why? To to confound the wise, to reveal their ignorance. And God has selected for his purpose the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, revealing their frailty. God has selected for his purpose the insignificant base things of this world and the things that are despised and treated with contempt, even the things that are nothing, so that he might reduce the nothing to things that are, so that they are so that no one may be able to boast in the presence of God. God is working in your weakness. Like, no, I can't do anything. Perfect. God can use you. Perfect. You are qualified. But if from him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, revealing his plan of salvation and righteousness, making us acceptable to God. He's making us holy. He's making us set apart. He has picked you. He has chosen you for his purpose and redemption, providing our ransom, the penalty of salvation. He provided Jesus. Our problem is not weakness. Our problem is not being founded and grounded in truth. Not being founded and grounded in Christ Jesus. Remember, he's the source of all truth. We need to look to Jesus. God uses the weak. God uses the imperfect. God uses the insignificant. God uses the nobodies in this world to tell everybody about somebody named Jesus, right? To flip the world upside down and right side up for his glory. Because I can't do it, you can't do it, but he can. And we trust him, right? We're in Christ Jesus. Jesus came to show us the Father. Jesus came to show us the Father, show us the Father's love, show us the Father's grace, show us the Father's mercy. Jesus came to show us the Father. And if we are going to make change, we need to get track on track with Jesus. We need Jesus. we got to choose Jesus. And if we're ever going to let love out of our mouth and out of our life, we first have to let love in. We have to let love in. For God so loved the world, he gave Jesus. He so loved the world that he gave Jesus. Change starts with us. Change starts in our hearts. And if you want to ask and accept Jesus in your heart today, for his purpose, he has a plan. And he's going to use you. He's going to use you to change the world. Right? If you'd like to ask Jesus in your heart today, I would love to pray with you. It's simple. It's so simple. Salvation is a free gift. You have to receive it. You have to receive it. Jesus is knocking, knocking, knocking. Let me in, let me in, let me in. Open and receive salvation. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It's for by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. How is change going to happen? It starts in your heart. It starts with receiving Jesus. And by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Let's pray. All of us, let's pray together. If you'd like to receive Jesus today, then let's pray together. Say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, 
I call on your name right now. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe you came to the earth, died on the cross for my sin, and on the third day you rose. Thank you for forgiving me, setting me free. I receive you, Jesus, in my life today. Thank you for answering my prayer and saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer today for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. You could just click that I received Jesus, I raised my hand button. If you're in the building and you received Jesus today, if you can raise your hand, we have something for you. Pastor Dan has written an amazing book. It's like a booklet to let you know the next step. There's so much more for salvation, all inclusive that God has for you than just calling on Jesus. You can start living heaven on earth, living in your divine purpose because God has a plan just for you. So we would love to connect with you. If you just hit that button, everybody here in the house is saved. All right, guys, who's ready, right? Who's ready to start seeing through grace, right? Speaking from love and seeking truth. Y'all ready? All right. Love you guys. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.